I love scotch. 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 Yep. Have another whiskey. If you'd like to speak to me in person, press one. If you'd like to order drugs, press hash. <laughs> I had a gentleman in the crowd that was like, tell me how to drink Glenfiddich. And I was like, I will not do that. You drink Glenfiddich how you want to drink Glenfiddich. Wear a cowboy hat in Los Angeles and look at the amount of looks you get. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This is the most flamboyant city on earth. You wear a cowboy hat. People look at you like you are yep. like an alien. The Beatles came on and they might pick me up on his shoulder. George Harrison is as close to me as that yep. wall now. I went, all right, George, all right. And he went, cough. <laughs> and that was the closest <laughs> I ever came to the Beatles. <laughs> have a whiskey while we... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, Cheers. Long. Cheers. Cheers. Yep. So welcome back to United States of Dramerica. We're continuing our tour of London. Um, and I'm delighted to be in the dark, Scottish-themed basement of an extraordinary establishment called Mac and Wild with Andy and Callum. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. So, uh, your Instagram shows everything about what you do here, but we haven't got Instagram pictures for this. So, tell me all about the Mac and Wild story. Um, well, I guess uh, it sort of started with my kind of family who are butchers in the north of Scotland but they only butcher wild meat um, so it's mostly venison, pheasants, rabbits and things like that so it started out buying a bit of meat from them and um, doing things simply but using extraordinary produce. So we now work with a few other sort of smaller suppliers who we, um, we basically mostly use venison and beef and sort of steaks and burgers. All from Scotland? All from Scotland yeah. Great. So you're here in London, you're in quite a cool part of London, in, in Devonshire Square. Um, and so you're trying to create a small enclave of fantastic Scottish food and drink and atmosphere, is that right? Yeah, I, th I think as well, uh, I guess Andy kind of started off with the kind of street food, um, uh, basically while you're flogging bears out in the back of a Land Rover when you kind of started. And, um, and then, yeah, was it literally out the back of a Land Rover? Oh, literally, it was the back of a Citroen relay van. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> 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 it does. It sounds <laughs> much sexier. <laughs> yeah. French Which, car in Scotland doesn't quite work. So, <laughs> but no, but it was. I mean, it was literally. I, mean, I drove down one day with a, a van full of venison and started selling it at Broadway Market. And my first day, I got chased off the market because I didn't have the right paperwork. And I was wearing my wearing my kilt and just talking about where the food came from. And, that was a good day, but did about four hundred pounds worth of sales, and, oh. and from there just sort of progressed on to. Well, yeah, then, then Andy kind of you, know, you won Street Food Trader of the Year, and you kind of yeah you, you did that for kind of four years, and, and yeah at the same time I had a I had a couple of bars and a nightclub um, actually with your with your co-host Chris actually up, oh, fantastic. Uh, up in Scotland, and um, I kind of had sort of existed out of that, and I followed what Andy was doing, and um, yeah I guess being a kind of fellow Scot. And we moved down to London. We were keen to kind of, I guess, showcase uh, showcase our larder. We've got the best larder in the world, but most people don't actually know about it. And yeah. yeah, we wanted to showcase a modern, progressive Scottish business down here. So we teamed up and created Mac and Wild. And so Andy's business was called Wild Game Co. Okay. Um, and my second name is McKinnon, so it's Mac and Wild. Very good. Wild and Mac. Sorry? Wild and Mac doesn't sound the ring to I wanted my name first. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you know, you've 
you've got a relatively normal looking restaurant upstairs, although there was Highland music when I walked in, but you've got you know, the Land Rover with a private dining facility on the back of it parked outside. And then down here, you can probably hear in the background of the podcast what sounds like the faint pop of shooting, which is your gallery, your shooting gallery, where yeah. you said people dress up in tweed and... Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, you can dress up in tweeds. We provide a little uh, box full of, uh, yeah, clothes that people can dress up and you can shoot grouse, pheasants, deer, bear. So you basically, we're transporting you to a Scottish shoot up in the Highlands, but the heart of the city. So. Fantastic. And you can literally say no animal was harmed in the making of this. Indeed, all virtual. Yes. So yeah, not Super. topical at all right now. No, indeed. And then you showed me rather proudly just now your unique whiskey wall. Um, yeah, so I, I guess well, me and Andy, we, we, we feel sort of passionately about getting people drinking whiskey. Um, but although we're a Scottish restaurant, like, it's actually surprising how little whiskey we sell. Um, and it's really frustrating. So, uh, yeah, we always try and. Actually, I'm going to interrupt you. Should we have a whiskey? Because yes, that's yes, all the point. That, yeah. So, um, our regular listeners will know we normally gift our. Uh, guests a whiskey and then Chris and I drink most of it so it's not that much of a gift uh, but when we work with people in the whiskey trade we're rather stingy and we don't actually bring them whiskey because they've got plenty of their own so what have you brought to our podcast? Um, so I've got a, this is a new a new drop to me it's a Highland Park so from Orkney um, and it's a 17 year old and it's called The Dark The Dark? Yeah Very good So, so that goes with their well their range is all very sort of very, Viking, yeah, movie. very Nordic. Yeah. I think they're they're moving away from that slightly now. Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, it's a shame because they're like they're, they're brand ambassadors from Denmark, and he is like literally a Viking. Oh, does he look like a Viking? Look at him and you're like, wow, you know. He's like, like, I drink my Valkyrie, yeah, and you have to. Whatever you tell me. Right. But no, they are. I mean, if you've ever been to Orkney, it's uh, an extraordinary place um, where there is a definitely a massive kind of lifestyle that's very similar to these kind of bleak Nordic um, areas. And they do, you know, cl- it's closer to Oslo than it is to Westminster. So in terms of... Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's a good, um, good and they have yeah. And they have all these crazy kind of pagan parties. So it's um, uh, sherry cask, I think almost 100%. Oh, it's very sweet. So it's quite strong. It's fifty-two point nine percent. Right, that's delicious. It's pretty smooth. It's very nice. Very it? sweet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as a Scottish restaurant, you would imagine we would sell a silly amount of whiskey, but I guess the, the reality is when people have dinner, they they tend to maybe have um, an aperitif. They might have a gin and tonic or a cocktail or, or a beer, and then I guess with the venison, they then kind of go into kind of wine and. Yeah, I guess sometimes at the end of dinner people do have kind of nightcaps, but more often than not, I guess when you've got bigger groups, there's people in a rush, and yeah. some nightcaps often in restaurants and stuff, people don't stay, and especially because I guess we turn the tables quite a lot, people only have two hours on the table, so yeah. it's about trying to create different occasions to drink whiskey, so I guess we've introduced a highball menu, so we've got whiskey highballs, uh, we sell ten times as many cocktails as we do whiskey, so most of our volume of whiskey actually goes through our whiskey cocktails. Because there was some big social media spat about good whiskey in cocktails recently, and I try not to pay too much attention to social media, but there is a, a sort of some very traditional people will say, "How dare you ruin a good whiskey by putting anything in it?" And then. I've been out drinking with whiskey ambassadors who'll get straight into putting things into old fashions and whiskey sours yeah, and so on. So I, I think that kind of like the traditional kind of 
opinion of how to drink whiskey is kind of yeah dying a little bit. It's like ultimately it's it's however you enjoy it personally. Yeah. Like it's and yeah, whether it be a cocktail, whether it be putting coke in it, so like it's everyone's unique and, and especially if you're paying even like especially in a restaurant where it's like ten pounds. For a, a little measure, yeah. And if you want to have it with a diet coke, then who am I to stop? You? Yeah, well, indeed. And it's, it's Who's your bank you manager? And I think, from a cocktail point of view, you're only as good as the weakest link. Yeah. So if you're going to have fucking good cocktail, like you're going to want the best of everything in it. And if you're going to start putting in cheap whiskey, I think you you lower the potential for yeah. for the a great cocktail. Drink, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we use quite premium spirits. Well, we use premium spirits yeah. in all our cocktails. Yeah. And we want to celebrate those brands as well. We want to we want to like talk about, you know, whichever spirit is in that cocktail instead of just kind of saying, oh yeah, we use a bit of, you know, miscellaneous whiskey. And yeah, yeah. And people don't these days. Like I remember when we had the bars and nightclubs up in up in Scotland. Um, in the past, like people was well, always went up the bar and could I get whiskey and coke or can I get gin and tonic or whatever. And house spirits was was what you kind of sold people. Yeah. Don't do that anymore. Like, it's no. funny whiskey brands come to me and all can be like your house spirit will give you a listing fee. I'm like, sure, no one ever asks for house house gin and tonic anymore. Yeah. People actually want to read them. But yeah, people are much more discerning now. But conversely, I've got no problem with like I think people that turn their nose up at putting some kind of grain spirits, grain whiskeys into cocktails. Like yeah. why? You know, you shouldn't turn your nose up at it just because it's not a single malt and it's yeah. going into a drink. Like it's it still still works. It's still good. Yeah. So when you say you don't sell a lot of whiskey, in relative terms, I imagine you still sell a lot more than a normal restaurant. We definitely sell more than most restaurants. You don't sell as much as you'd expect. We don't sell as much as we'd like to or yeah. or expect to. Um, and and see, I've only been here for a short period of time, but it, it's obviously. It feels very Scottish. It's a it's a lovely atmosphere you've created. How important to you is the Scottishness? You know, you're down here in London, full of horrible Southerners. You know, what, what's it? What's it? How important is the Scottish element to if you? We could in terms have a of s- Scottish-only customer. We would. <laughs> so you've got to show your blue passport at the door. No, I think it's. I mean, it's obviously it's very important. It's we're we're proud Scots and we love our home and our country and. Um, but for us, or for me, anyway, I don't know, talk at a turn here, but it's, it's definitely about, uh, I use this term provenance um, yeah. very loosely because I, I, I hate it in the sense that everyone's got provenance on their food, especially McDonald's. But it's, it's, it's not about, it's not about um, just knowing where it comes from, it's knowing the people and having that connection, having that link from, from our restaurant and, and the plate of food that goes out to our customers to the people that are actually working their socks off in the hills on the fields, you know, 365 days a year. And, and not just knowing them, but like actually knowing them and having yeah. a relationship with them and going out for a beer with them. And um, so, so, yeah, the Scottish is, is almost a byproduct of that's where I'm from and that's what I know. Yeah. And, and also, I guess we want to portray the Scotland that we know and love. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of time, Scotland gets like quite negative kind of press with regard to food and drink. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we want to kind of, yeah, show show how we feel about it and yeah when I go to the airport and I used to see like a tartan carpet and a guy in a full Bonnie Prince Charlie blowing a bagpipe and so I was just like oh really not again like, just the, the, the Scotland's it's a country of innovators and yeah like it's it's much cooler and more entrepreneurial and progressive than, than I guess a lot of people give it credit for. It always has been like all the yeah. great kind of engineers scientists a lot of them come inventions have come from Scotland and yeah 
And I think, I don't know when it happened, sort of superseded vision of what a Scotsman is. Like, I, I think probably Willie from uh, The Simpsons has ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Like, that's I think there's an element of that. There's a, <laughs> there's a chain of restaurants in, in America, I think called Tilted Kilt. It's like a sort of faux Scottish version of Hooters. So it's it sounds amazing. Had, uh, <laughs> I think there's one in Vegas and there's one in Denver where really? you've got you've got it's guys and girls, but we're wearing like bits of tartan, but it's all very short dresses and low tops and so on. That's but hilarious. it's and it's meant to be Scottish, but this is a Preston style, yeah. <laughs> it's it's slightly odd. It's one to look for wow. next time you're over there. Um, it won't make you necessarily proud to be Scottish. But I think yeah. that goes, that's the difference between uh, like a Scottish themed restaurant yeah, yeah. and a Scottish restaurant, like. We, I don't think we, we're not. Yeah, we, we don't. We don't like the word. I guess theme. Like, I guess everything we do has integrity. And like yeah. Andy said, like prominently, we don't really like that, that word. Like, yeah, everything. We all of our suppliers are Scottish. Like, we, we try and support Scotland as much as we possibly can. It never crossed your mind to sort of make your waiters wear kilts. We, yeah, we we actually continually wear kind of these kind of tweed kilts that, that don't have any kind of tartan on yeah. them because I guess. Yeah, we want, and we're actually launching our own shop where we'll be selling these quite soon. And okay. Yeah, I guess anyone can wear a tweed kilt. Like, people are a bit intimidated sometimes by a yeah. tartan kilt, but a tweed kilt, anyone can wear. And yeah. we'd like to see, like, our kilts, like, we want it to be inclusive. Like, yeah. We'd love to see. And we like, said, the guys want to wear them. Very happy for them to wear kilts, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just think, I don't think I want to make I don't, We don't want to force people to, 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 yeah, to, no. to wear them. So, have you had Scottish celebrities coming in here? Um, yeah. Well, apart, apart from Chris, Chris Cusseter. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of sports stars, so from like Greg Laidlaw and John Yeah, I guess we've John got well, through Chris, and like, he introduced me to a lot of the Scotland rugby boys, and we've got quite a few Scotland rugby player investors, so Greg oh, Laidlaw, right. Jim Hamilton, uh, Johnny BT, and Nathan Hines are all kind of investors in the business, so, um, so yeah, they're all really supportive, and um, yeah do a bit of activation and social for us and stuff as well so I'm trying to think which other I mean are there, are there any Scottish celebrities that are not sports stars now oh, Ross King former guest of this oh, yeah, of show um, there must be others oh there's loads of Scottish yeah, actors Craig Ferguson Alan yeah, Cumming yeah. Jerry yeah. Butler who doesn't yeah. drink whiskey does he not uh, Ewan McGregor who doesn't drink whiskey really? so there's quite a lot of Scottish actors yeah, don't drink whiskey of, anymore I think they used to and had too much and then they stopped yeah yeah. We, we did some not these scores, but we did some activation with with David Beckham recently in Hague. Oh, really? So we did a beach barbecue um, with him. Was it was about four weeks ago or something, mm. was it? So for him and forty kind of influencers, so we did up in Scotland, um, and that was quite a lot of fun. And we did um, yeah, we cooked burnt supper for David Beckham and his friends as well. Like oh, fantastic. In the year as well. So. He's not really Scottish though. He's not Scottish. <laughs> no, he's whiskey. He's whiskey. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I like Hague, like the fact that Hague is all about making your own rules and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're very much embracing that. Just enjoy whiskey. I think they're a cool marketing campaign. Just drink it with a mixer, basically. So. Yeah. This is not your only store. Uh, sorry, your only uh, restaurant. So where where else are you? Um, no, we've got another one in London in yeah. Fitzrovia, so just near Oxford Circus. Okay. Um, and then we've got similarly themed. Um, yeah, it's a lot smaller, the one, that was our original one actually, um, so it's a lot smaller in size. This one's great because it's so big and it gives us so much space to do the experiential stuff that mm. we love to do. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Drams in the Dark, because I love that as a concept. Um, so, talking of experiences, yeah. what, what are Drams in the Dark? Um, well, Drams in the Dark, it's, uh, it's an experience that we kind of created with a, with a whiskey author, Blair Bowman. Yeah. Um, so, me and Blair uh, were quite good friends, so we kind of were talking about how how do you get more people kind of drinking whiskey and then... Turn the lights off. 
It's a simple concept. <laughs> Indeed, and we just uh, he had done some some of these kind of experiences before, so we said let's let's do a drums in the dark at Mac and Wild, and um, we did one a one off at Blair, and it was really popular and really fun. So we we, we, we sort of started doing this every week and. Um, yeah, we so you literally it. turn all the lights off. Yeah. yeah. In this room. In this, in this room. room. In this room, yeah. And you put um, some canopies and four drams in front of them. You get people to take off their watches and stuff so there's no light whatsoever. Yeah. And then someone hosts the class and we do some. Um, with night vision goggles on, or? Um, they do have them. We, we do have night vision, but Just you can host it without it, like when you get, you practice a little bit. It's been a few spillages, but. Um, but yeah, and then you, you throw some kind of um, like curveballs in terms of. Uh, music and like that uh, touch and stuff so you get people to touch different materials and stuff just to throw throw them off um, mm. it's really it's, it's really fascinating it's how really fascinating. your brain works yeah and it's really hard to actually kind of guess the kind of whiskies especially yeah. with these kind of um yeah sort of things that we throw at people because i've done there was a restaurant in london which may or may not still be open where which is dining completely in the dark yeah. and the waiters are blind and it yeah. was amazing and the whole thing about your other senses are heightened yeah. i mean given some of the strength of the flavors of whiskey presumably in the dark the flavors come across even more so Definitely, but then I guess it's the kind of the touch and the music and stuff yeah. that kind of throws people So we give you a different, different uh, uh, I don't want to spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, the, uh, the Drams in the Dark, but there's a, there's a bit where you get one, a whiskey, and you, you try it with a bit of silk in your fingers, so you, and you pick out, your brain picks out smooth flavours, and then you, you try the same whiskey with a bit of sandpaper. And then your brain picks out different flavors. Wow. It's incredible how everything works. And you're sitting there and you're like an owl. Your eyes are wide open and you can't see anything. And you do eventually relax. But there's, there's been occasions where, because we play a bit with music, and it is exceptionally emotional. Like you, and the there. touch thing as well. I suppose we've actually played with people a little bit and we've given them the same whiskey, yeah. but let them have it with touching them. Yeah. They, they obviously think they're completely totally. different whiskeys wow. and they never say it's the same whiskey. So when you say, have you had people breaking down in tears? So yes, yeah, so there's a, a lady who's like afterwards, just well, lots of people I think just have um, tears rolling down their face because the thing is you're in the dark for 45 minutes with like pitch black. I don't know if you've ever done this and you drink in the dark on your own. No, if you go to, <laughs> no, well, no, no, I haven't. You ever go to the cinema? <laughs> I try tonight. Go, go to the cinema and if you have a, like a, a bottle of wine and you you sit in there for two three hours and you get up and you you realise you're a little bit tipsy, but yeah. when you're having four whiskeys and you're in the pitch black, you kind of you do relax a lot. And we go through some breathing exercises. Check the boy from the Highlands smuggling a bottle of wine into the <laughs> That's great. I highly recommend it. <laughs> bottle of Bucky. And, uh, but yeah, so just oh, everything. Strongly. Everything going on. The music is you know, it's a, a beautiful piece of music. And we just tell people to drink when they think is the right time. Drink with the music. Oh, so wow. you really do kind of... Sounds extraordinary. It's exactly the sort of thing that would do incredibly well in a place like Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. People will just sign up for it because... It's different and it's clever. People love that kind of experiential kind of yeah. thing now. I and mean, people are looking for Sorry, so you, we, you've got second place in London. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we've got one up in the Highlands. Near, yeah, um, this sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's four miles from Andy's yeah. family kind of butchery. So, so it's where, where I grew up. Um, is, is it called Mac and Wild as, as yeah, well? Yeah, Mac and Wild Falls of Shin. So it's, it's an, amazing, like, an amazing spot. Um, you drive in a single track road, so that means if there's a car coming in another direction, one of you's got to reverse to a passing place, which yeah. is every kind of, I don't know, two, three hundred meters. And then um, there, it's in this forest, there's a clearing in the forest, and we've got this kind of restaurant that's been, been built. Um, and the reason it exists is because it's, the road is right on, um, on the River Shin, which is yeah. the famous salmon river for fishing, for salmon fly fishing. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a big waterfall right there, and it's called the Falls of Shin. 
and it's an exceptionally accessible um, but very um, beautiful spot to go and look at salmon leaping up the waterfall. So it's got accommodation out there and a restaurant? Yeah, we've got a few, a couple of pods, um, yeah. so it's sort of camping, um, uh, land, We've got some Land Rovers yeah. and tents that kind of fold down. Oh, fantastic. Then, yeah, we've got a pretty cool kind of wild cooking kind of setup. Yeah. Again, we do kind of slightly different kind of experiences up there. Whiskey in the woods. It's really whiskey yeah. in the woods, so yeah, we take you for a walk around the, the woods. Um, first stop there might be a few fishing rods and you pull a fishing rod up and there'll be a little whiskey miniature at the end of the fishing rod so we have that you walk, you walk around cool. and then there's like a hoopla game where we put five whiskeys of varying price and, uh, there and you, you get whatever whiskey you can, you can throw the hoop around but it's about that's about people that don't want to sit down in front of a fire and drink whiskey because it should be about drinking and having fun like. yeah so you've got three premises you've yeah. got um, you're starting to sell the, the tweed kilts, you do branded pre-made cocktails. So Mac and Wild is, is taking over the world. I don't know about that, but we, yeah, we're, we're having a good time. And I guess what we want to do is we want to kind of build Mac and Wild as more a kind of lifestyle brand. Like, yep. um, we don't want to open up loads of restaurants. We're not going to turn into a huge chain of restaurants. We think that it would lose its integrity and soul if we did that. Like, yeah. You'd end up like the, the tilted kilt probably yeah. if you went down that road. Um, I know you. I know you keep looking. You thinking, oh, I want to go there. Don't you? Yeah. I'll send you a link. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess we want to kind of use the kind of restaurants to kind of look at kind of exciting other projects that we enjoy doing. And um, yeah, we love doing collaborations as well. Like we started doing a lot of collaborations with different brands, and the shop allows us to do that. We're doing some kind of joint ventures with with Anta, for example, who are helping us with the kilts. Yeah. Um, and a few other kind of different companies as well. And the cocktails, we think, is a big, big opportunity as well. And we'd like to, uh, yeah, we'd love to look at America and exporting to America as well. Yeah, I can, I can put you in touch with my former colleagues at the uh, British Consulate. That's their oh, job yeah. is to help promote cocktail export. And that's how I got into this whole thing, toasted yeah. with my, we used to call whiskey diplomacy. Yeah. Um, I'm, sure we, I'm sure they can help. They'll be happy to help because uh, it's it travels so well, yeah. the, the whiskey. And like you say, that... That view of this traditional Scotsman, which the Simpsons haven't helped with, I think isn't part of it. But actually, when we used to do whiskey tastings, you'd pair it with, and sometimes it would be with a shortbread from Abalawa. Yeah, yeah. um, but, you know, we'd try, we'd try and make it. We'd do salmon. We did, um, when we did Balvenie glazed smoked salmon at a, a dinner when we were drinking Balvenie 30 and 40. And it was a very classy way of, of doing Scotland. So yeah. it was a, there's definitely a lot can be done with it. Yeah, definitely. Exciting. You both grew up in Aberdeen? No. Or, no, no? So I'm, I'm from Aberdeen. So I grew up uh, from Aberdeen. I, I, I know Chris from Aberdeen. Um, Andy. North of Inverness. So near, near Falls of Shin. Really okay, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, it's about an hour north of Inverness, um, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. a village called Ardguy. And my, it was actually my wife that introduced me to Andy. Um, I think it might be time for the second yeah, whiskey. Yeah, so the second whiskey. So this is a, yeah, this is a, a whiskey that I'm kind of drinking right now. Kind of, it's quite a th- sort of Christmassy dram for me. This one, Dalmor, Dalmor 15, um, and we uh, were big fans of Richard Patterson um, and. Also, Dalmore is the second closest distillery to our site up at Falls of Shin. Okay. Um, Which is the first closest? Third, third closest. It's the third closest. Well, Bob Blair is the closest. Yeah. Um, and and Glen, Glenmorangie. Glenmorangie. Um, is yeah. Glenmorangie closer than Dalmore? Yeah. Okay. Then, then Dalmore. Yeah. And then, then Singleton or Glenord. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, or actually Brewer as well. Was it? Anyway, cheers. 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 Nice. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it smells good. It's such a lovely dram, this. Bottles, a huge part of whiskey, I think, and 
This has always been one of my favourite, oh, with the, with the logo just embossed on the yeah. side. For it's such a strong brand on it really is. Yeah. Um, but equally, the liquid's just fantastic with Don. Like Richard Patterson is brilliant. And, um, he talks about the brand with such passion. And you've been to a few events with him. And just love the way he makes you hold it in your mouth for for yeah for like a full kind of minute. And yeah, he, he, he really respects the liquid, but he also doesn't. He's not pretentious about it. No. You know, he's swirling around. And somebody told Chris it. that you. I think Chris said this in one of the earlier podcasts that somebody told him you should you should hold the whiskey in your mouth for, for one second yeah. for each year. All oh, right, yeah. uh, I've heard that, but I, I'd, I'd say the opposite. Yeah, I'm not. When I had the Belvini Fifty, it, it's, it doesn't. I haven't got that much time, and it's not the right way to drink that one. Actually, I just think but, some of the younger ones. Maybe, maybe it's got a point. The younger ones are quite sharp, but the, the older ones. Yeah, the other ones are much smoother, so I suppose you would want to hold it in your mouth for longer, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that makes, sure. that makes sense. What do you think is, is next for, for Mac and Wild? So it's not more facilities, but it's more of a, a lifestyle, it's yeah, partnership. I guess it's stuff that we, we, we really feel passionate about and enjoy doing. It, enjoy doing. Um, I guess we've got a really good relationship with all the whiskey companies now, and yeah. a lot of them doing a lot of events and activation for, for some of them and um, I guess all the distilleries now are looking at ways to kind of increase visitor numbers mm. and we're having a chat with a few distilleries about maybe some sort of kind of partnership from an F&B perspective there yeah. um, but equally through our experience at Falls like remote locations in Scotland are quite hard to kind of make work financially yeah um, but, um, but equally, we just launched, um, so we launched the virtual hunting, which is actually under its own brand, Smoky Barrels. Okay. And, and that's one of your brands. That's yeah. one. So Smoky oh. Barrels is coming to America next year, actually. Ooh, where? And so when we first started talking about America, I was very excited. I was like, yes, New York, LA, this is going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, our shareholders and investors very sensibly kind of said no government we should focus on tier two American cities initially yeah and lower rents and um, so to be clear for the Americans listening from all parts of America tier two not in a quality sense not in a quality but in a financial and cost sense exactly yeah. exactly so, which makes perfect sense and we used to advise when we were helping British companies we used yeah. to advise because you know LA is amazing yeah. and it's got the same GDP as Saudi Arabia yeah. but wow. it's also very competitive and very expensive well, that's the thing like, read, like um, real estate is so expensive yeah. in, in, in LA and New York that it's, it's quite hard to kind of so where are you going to Texas so, so our first site is going to be in Virginia Virginia Beach, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. Beach is lovely. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It's, yeah. Well, Virginia Beach is lovely, and we, we, we visited there uh, quite recently. Me and Andy went out in our kilts, and we got a lot of love there, which was really nice. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so we're hopefully going to open there next kind of summer. There is an extraordinary love of the sort of Scotland that you're promoting from real Americans. So people in LA and people in New York will drink good whiskey, expensive whiskey, yeah. and there's you know the volume of sales is high, but I remember going to the rodeo in Houston and met what I like to call, as a non-American, real Americans, like proper, proper cowboys. And we did a whiskey tasting thing for them. And people were obsessed with Scotland. And these are the sort of people who will jump on a private jet. They'll come over. They'll play golf at the best venues. Yeah. Then they'll go shooting. You know, you're shooting. Yeah. Um, and then they'll drink really good whiskey. And there is a real affinity, not just for the sort of the sexy whiskey stuff, which is very an LA thing to want, but they like real Scotland because they, they're from hunting mountain territory, so yeah. they want to go and do it in, in Scotland. But I guess so, there's a lot of tradition and history in Scotland that 
that America maybe doesn't quite yeah. have that that kind of depth of, of history. Um, and there is something quite nice about doing doing these things in Scotland. You know, there is yeah, there's a, like a bit of a I don't know what the term is. Yeah, there's a bit of respect for what's been going on for for generations yeah. and generations. And there's a ro- the Highlands in particular. There's a romance about the Highlands. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. Yeah, romance. But even yeah. with the weather, when it's like pissing down rain and you know you're sitting there outside in the morning 9am ready to go up the hill there's, there's a bit of an excitement and you you, you a work a whiskey chaser to warm you up yeah, yeah exactly it's, but you've got to you got to work for it you're not going out in a helicopter and landing and then shooting something it's, yeah, yeah. it's real real hard work I'll tell you a good half a day a day to shoot a stag or a deer yeah. you've got to climb the top of the, the highest peaks and yeah. it's a unique experience and I think I guess with the, with the restaurant as well like uh, obviously I, I, there's Eating meat and stuff is very topical, kind of mm. right now as well. And I guess from a restaurant perspective, like we we feel very strongly that yeah, we, we don't tell people that they should eat meat seven days a week. But no. when you do eat meat, you should know where it comes from, and it yeah, should yeah. be the best. It should be great quality. So that's an interesting point because in America, everyone's obsessed with yeah. Beyond Burgers and Impossible yeah. Burgers and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, in England, I think it's coming a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you have? Presumably you'll have a party come in and half of them will eat them your finest venison and the other half will say, you know, can I have a most Caesar are, salad? Most of them are, are meat eaters that come here. Yeah. But we, we have an amazing have kind of, yeah, we have a, we do a Bloody Roots burger, which is a veggie kind of it's burger. Um, but yeah, I guess when it comes to, to, from a meat perspective, like, and Andy will can maybe sort of share a bit more about this, but like when you, when you eat game, for example, like it is the most ethical way of eating meat and it's also, it's not environmentally damaging. Like a lot of people, this intensive farming, which we are absolutely against, like when, as Andy said there, most of the deer haven't actually seen a human being until the moment they're shot. And, um, and even then they don't know anything about it. It's, mm. This is not about, lining them up and putting them through a slaughterhouse like this is real real meat and we took we took the top two predators out of the ecosystem we took away bears and wolves so like 400 years ago we persecuted them not you personally (laughs) it's one of your side businesses but but for that reason now the the whole scottish environment like we've got a photo of the wall there that is it's a beautiful scene but it's not natural yeah that is that should be covered in trees yeah and because the because the top predator is gone the deer and the sheep numbers are just out of control, so we need to. We really do need to take them back, um, and and get a, a healthy ecosystem again. Yeah, but it's yeah, quite people don't realise that as well. So by eating game and stuff, it, it, it's yeah, it's not it's not bad for the environment, or it's, it's not also a very natural like it's a, a natural real diet. Yeah. But I think one of the interesting things that's going on, or movements that's happening right now, is there seems to be a movement towards an environmentally friendly diet. It's not necessarily about and no meat or yeah. no anything. This is about I think that's right. how it affects the environment. Like things like almond milk are terrible for the environment. Yeah. I was reading about it yesterday. That it's it takes seventeen seventeen times or se- I think seventeen uh, times more water to produce a liter of almond milk than it is traditional milk. Cow milk. Don't don't quote me on that. But it's something along this. It takes you know much more water. So it's not about just having a vegetarian meal. It's about looking at the bigger picture. 
I mean, your Instagram feed, which I am amazed by. I, I'm actually trying to eat less meat, but more for I'm getting old and, yeah. and, and trying to be healthier. But I'm not, yeah. not going to stop eating yeah. meat. But I look at your Instagram feed, and that's the time I remind myself why I want to eat meat. You have yeah. extraordinary just, images eat, on there. Eat better, of, like yeah. eat less. Yeah, better. exactly. Don't eat like, don't McDonald's. Eat week, but eat also, eat haggis. Haggis. The, the WHO, World, World Health Organization, has said that haggis would save the save the planet. Because basically what we're doing at the moment, we're just, if we, everyone had a bit of haggis, or, or awful, a bit more awful, then we would have to, we could reduce the number of cattle yeah. on the on When the I was ground. a diplomat, we used to, we were working with the farming industry about selling, I think they used to call it the fifth quarter. Um, so you'd oh, sell yeah. things yeah. to China where they, yeah. they'll eat chicken feet and so on. And it's actually environmentally friendly to use all of the animal that's going to be killed well, what anyway. Do you, what, uh, so your dad, what does he export to China again? It's called the, the pizzle, deer pizzle. So it's the um, otherwise known to me and you as the penis. Yeah, oh. cock, and, cock and balls. Yeah, I mean, they, sell it all once when you might as well. We've got one upstairs for you to try after. This Wonderful, thing. I'll do that. <laughs> now um, I'm conscious of time, so we're on to our final question. Um, you get an advantage here, Callum. So I'm going to ask Andy this first. So that we always ask our guests last question: If you could drink any whiskey with anyone, dead or alive, which whiskey, with whom, and where? Oh wow, that is a hell of a question. Um, um, do you know what? This sounds really cheesy, but I'd love to have a whiskey with my grandfather. He was um, not cheesy at all. You're not the first person. He to was, to he was do a Scottish that. rugby player. Oh and, really? Um, was he more successful than Chris Custer? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't think he was. He didn't have too many caps, but um, he's the president of SRU, involved in the Lions and things like that. Oh. I've got a massive love of rugby. Um, it'd be cool to have a drama him. Yeah. And what would it be? I mean, I, I find it hard not to say a, a Ball Blair 90. I love, love that oh, one. Wow. Okay. Really one. And where? Oh, right. Uh, I've always wanted to visit the moon. Is that, is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. We, I mean, you, you should hear some of the other answers we've had, so that's not Yeah, it'd impossible. be the moon or, uh, in fact, maybe on, on the river up at um, Glen Calvey, near, near where that is. So yeah. I used to do a lot of fishing there. Right, got a super cheesy answer, but yeah, I'd love to. No, do that. but I mean, we've had some people come on and just sort of, you know, we've had Churchill, weirdly, we had Hitler, we've had all sorts of yeah. things, but we've had grandmothers, we've had fathers. It's, you know, that's the thing about whiskey. It's, it, you, you think about who it would be, and um, a grandfather isn't not yeah. cheesy at all. Cool. Callum, you yeah. can now sort of can't do grandfather though. Yeah, well, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. Yeah. Um, so my, my, my dad, um, who actually passed away when I, when I was 12, uh, his favourite dram was Macallan. So he loved Macallan. So kind of because I knew that was his favourite dram and stuff, like Macallan's definitely one that I kind of I go to uh, quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, so really, as soon as you said that, actually, like, Dean Martin jumped into my head. Nice. Well, interesting. Which is quite <laughs> random, but yeah, my uncle, he used to, when I grew up, I just remember him listening to Dean Martin all the time, and I just thought he was a, quite a cool kind of dude, so yeah, I might have a drama with Yeah, with we Martin. definitely drunk, that's for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah he, I, know, I know he'd like a drink. Nice. So which dram? Uh, which dram? Well, Macallan, so yeah. probably, yeah, the Macallan. Just the traditional sort of Not the one point six million dollar one that went. I was the other gonna say, you know what, I was gonna change it to that whiskey <laughs> and say Keith Richards <laughs> in the sixties. It would have been amazing. Sorry, oh, Dad. One point yeah. five or yeah. Yeah. Um, and he drank it, he drank it. Yeah. Apparently he drank well, it. He, he, he didn't half, like it. He drank half of it. Then. He didn't like it. That's what I heard. It, it apparently wasn't that great. Good on him. And he yeah. paid one point six million for it. What was it? Mm-hmm. I can't fifty or 
It was the McAllen was bought. It was distilled in 1926, I think. Yeah. And, uh, so it was a 60-year-old McAllen yeah. from 1926. 1.8 million dollars, 1.5 well, yeah, million pounds. That one with yeah. Tim Martin. Very good. Yeah, yeah, Love yeah. it. Cool. Super, and presumably in a Mac and Wild restaurant. Up at Monroe. Oh yeah. Oh, from Monroe. Up at Monroe. Cool. Very good. Super. Uh, that's wonderful. Andy and Callum, thank you very much indeed for your time and for your whiskey. Cheers. I love scotch. Scotch. And don't forget to not just follow us on Twitter and Instagram at US of Dramerica, but also ask us questions and comment and say nice things. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if the mood takes you, you can leave us a review as uh, feedback is always welcome. And drink whiskey. Slanchevar. <laughs>